Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Oderico, and joining me is LPJ professional Sydney Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside is none other than Legends Tour player and LPJ professional, Cindy Miller, and we are, of course, your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, beautiful day today. I, I can't complain, uh, or at least I'm going to try not to. Um, how are you doing? Let's give people a quick update here on what you're doing uh, down at Orange County National? Well, we have 11 kids that we are teaching how to get better at golf, one of whom is trying to possibly qualify to play on the Symmetra Tour, which is Chelsea, wow. who's been one of our guests, and then we've got 10 other kids who one is going to be on the Niagara University golf team next year, uh, playing D1 college golf, and the rest of them are all in high school wanting to play college golf. Very good. And then you have uh, another one that follows that, correct? You've got that, uh, the kids' boot camp, and we then you do. have the adult. We have, yeah, junior boot camp and adult boot camp is, starts Thursday. We've got eight people coming down from anywhere from Seattle to Maryland to Buffalo, um, all over the place. Very cool. So it's beautiful weather at Orange County National. Yeah, they are a great uh, host facility. I know you've uh, been dealing with them for many years. And as I was mentioning to our guest, of course, they uh, host the uh, demo day for the PGA show every year. And, of course, uh, uh, I was there this year to, to check out some of the new equipment and just to see what was going on. It was a little cold and breezy, but uh, I, uh, I, I bared it out, if you will, for a short period of time before I... I guess I wimped out and headed back to the to the main hall. But uh, great organization there at Orange County, great facility. And if you haven't been there before, if you're down in the Orlando area, definitely check it out. Uh, it's Orange County National. Um, all right, we've got a great show today. Uh, Cindy, we are going to be speaking with our very special guest, uh, Gianna Rojas, who, of course, has been here before. She is known worldwide as the one-handed lady golfer and is also the founder of Adaptive Golfers. Um, and then a little bit later on, you and I, Cindy, uh, we, we, we're going to do a new segment here. We talked about it last week a little bit, um, but I think we're going to add a new segment. It's called the No BS Zone, and uh, this is going to be right up your alley today because we're actually going to be talking about junior golf, uh, some of the do's and don'ts uh, that parents need to know. So that's going to follow uh, our conversation with Jana. So let me just tell uh, the folks a little bit about her, just to sort of remind her, uh, remind the, the uh, listeners, if you will, because she's been on the show before, and then uh, we will get right into our, our, uh, our interview. Jana, uh, of course, was born back in 1962 in Bath, Maine. Jana uh, has a challenge. Uh, she was born uh, without fingers on her left hand, and uh, in addition to that, her father was a, uh, a Navy man, if you will, and, and as in the case with many military families, uh, they re- relocated uh, literally every few years uh, in order to keep up with his uh, deployments. 
Uh, at a young age, uh, she had to learn how to build and uh, rapport and with new friends, and um, also uh, had to sort of stave off, if you will, uh, uh, a lot of bullying uh, as a result of uh, being the new kid on the block and also uh, some of the, the challenges that she had. So we're going to talk to her about that and let her get a little bit more detail um, in that and then talk to her about what's new. So, uh, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, uh, Gianna Roger. Good morning. Well, good morning, Ted and Cindy. I hope everybody's having a wonderful day today. We are, we are. Yeah, we are for sure. Um, John, as I mentioned to you, I'll I'll just start off real quick, Cindy, and then I'll I'll pass it over to you. Um, Why don't you just fill in uh, some of the blanks? I mean, there's a lot of information I know, and and, uh, obviously I know we're limited for time, so I I didn't want to take up too much doing the intro. (laughs) <laughs> um, but maybe you can fill us in a little bit of the backstory. I mean, you, you've obviously, as I mentioned, uh, um, had a, a birth defect, and, and you've been dealing with that. Maybe talk a little bit about that and, and then sort of lead us up to where we are now. Well, thanks for teeing it up so well for me. Um, yes, I was born with no fingers on my left hand. Um, my mother was part of the trials um, that they were giving mothers thalidomide for morning sickness, um, and it was creating... It did the job for women that were sick, but it, they didn't have enough research to know what it was doing to fetuses. So there was a lot of babies during that time being born with birth defects. So as you mentioned, my dad was Navy, so I was always the new kid and the new kid that was visibly different, um, which was, was very challenging. Um, we come out of best intentions from that day and age was don't look, don't stare, don't ask questions, which made people that had differences um, misunderstood. And I think that's where a lot of the bullying things uh, happen, come from. Um, so it was, a, it was a tough journey, and I'm really grateful for it, and I'm blessed that I can have that, those experiences now and use those experiences to help empower other individuals who have challenges to not let the challenge define them. Um, Fast forward, we, um, my husband and my husband's friends and my husband's friends' wives played an awful lot of golf. Um, they would be nice enough to have me come up and have lunch with them when they rounded the 15th hole, and they'd sit there and talk about their round like all golfers do, every shot. <laughs> how you guys remember every single shot you have, I have no idea. <clears throat> I'm lucky if I can remember how many I had on one hole. <laughs> well, um, one This one time I got kind of frustrated and I started feeling like that little 13-year-old girl again that nobody wanted on the team. Um, not that they were being mean to me, but they would have lunch, talk about their round. They would go back out and I would go back home. So I started feeling left out and I kind of talked to my husband and I said, well, is there maybe a way we can at least go to the driving range together and I can we'll figure something out. And it was very difficult because we didn't have any examples or resources like there are more today than were available back when I started eight years ago. So it was kind of trial and error, um, lots of error, <laughs> lots of trial. Um, and finally, it, after three years, it kind of just clicked. Um, we just decided that I was going to swing with one arm. Um, even though I have no fingers on my left hand, as it being a birth defect and not a, an amputation or a loss, um, my proportions of my arm on my left arm where I have the dough fingers is smaller and less defined than on the right arm, which prohibits me from using a prosthetic device to try to connect, have two points of connection on the club. 
Mm. So um, out of all that research, we started digging and we found um, a bunch of amazing organizations. I started developing relationships with them. Um, and, and it kind of rolled, evolved into today what is now called adaptive golfers. Um, and it's really more about the golfers uh, because we all just want to be golfers first. We just happen to have this, that, or the other. And everybody has something. <laughs> um, right. Just some are, are more challenged than others. So that's really how adaptive golfers um, began. Um, and, and being able to go back to that journey um, that was not always so pleasant, for lack of better terms, um, it was able to help me grow. And as, as I matured into an adult and found that it wasn't that big of a deal, when you're young, that's your self-identity, that's your, your self-esteem. Um, and if, we could have, if I could have known back then, I could have turned around to those bullies and said, uh-uh, not today, bully, I've got to go play golf, go pick on somebody else. Um, so I'm hoping that I can give that gift to others and have them empower themselves not to question what they can do and start questioning how can I do it. Right. Well said. You know, Jana, as I mentioned uh, earlier, of course, you've, you've been on the show before and, uh, you know, I've shared, you know, uh, many, many stories. And one thing I just want to point out, which I think is really, really cool, because not everybody has had the, the opportunity, but uh, obviously, you know, you've been a lot uh, involved with, with different organizations and things and, and uh, you know, at, uh, and been involved in some photo shoots as well when you were in uh, Florida. And uh, you had the opportunity to meet Arnold Palmer. Uh, tell us about that experience. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, I had no idea who he was. I had no idea what golf was. Um, I was actually uh, the March of Dimes poster child for the state of Florida from 1972 to 1976. And Mr. Palmer was a huge supporter throughout his, his life um, of the March of Dimes. Um, so they had a, National poster child come down to Florida. Um, I was in Seminole County, I think it was. Um, and he was there for this national photo shoot. Although I was only the state poster child, I was invited to this photo shoot. And I'm eight years old. I have no idea who he is. I have no idea what the game is. I just know my dad grabbed his sticks and went out and knocked the ball around a little bit here and there. Um, so I, I had the opportunity to, to talk with him and sit on his lap. I don't remember much of it because it was 50 years ago, but, um, you know, it's something that now life comes back full circle that I have even a greater appreciation for now than I had not knowing what it, what it even meant. You know, it's a, it's a great experience. And, and to be honest, I can't think of a greater ambassador to have been introduced to because, you know, we've all heard so many, those of us, that have been in golf for any length of time have, have had some great um, not only personal memories of, of watching him over the years as he, you know, battled it out against uh, other greats of the game like Nicholas and, and Palmer and so forth, or uh, uh, sorry, Nicholas, Nicholas and player uh, and, and others out there. But um, you know, he was such a, a giver um, of his time and, and resources to not just help grow the game, but give back in other areas of the community. And obviously the March of Dimes was, uh, one area that uh, he was passionate about. So it was a very, um, very great opportunity uh, really to, to leave a mark, if you will, on you, um, you know, especially somebody that really wasn't uh, coming from a, a golfing background. Um, Cindy, go ahead and yeah. I'm throw it over to you. And I know you've got some questions for Gianna as well. So Gianna, I, I need to ask you, 
because you can't have a prosthetic device, do you just swing right-handed? I do. Um, there was a couple of trials that we did, whether I was going to swing lefty or righty. Um, <clears throat> it just seemed that I had more control over the club by swinging with my right arm and swinging righty. And I would get a better turn if I was able to swing lefty, much like my little buddy Tommy. Um, there's a little boy, Tommy Morassi, who's down in the Florida area, and he swings lefty. And he can he can get that ball out there for this little boy. Um, he's amazing. So Yeah, I know Tommy. Our daughter Kelly yeah, so, did a feature on him for the Golf Channel. Yeah, he's adorable. Yeah, he's actually from up here. <laughs> I know his parents yeah. and his grandparents are from up, up here. Uh, but so the the best way for me was to swing right-handed, and that that's kind of where it stuck. So uh, you don't touch the club at all with any part of the left side of your body, correct? Not at all. No, because the it, it's actually um, my left arm is proportionally smaller and shorter. So the proportion from my elbow to my shoulder which would afford me to have that reach, I don't, I don't have that. Even with a prosthetic, I still will never have that elbow-to-shoulder reach to the other shoulder um, Got it. to come across and, and have two points of contact. So it's, it's, I mean, there's been so many amazing products and, and resources out there now for people who have gripping issues. Um, there's clubs with Velcro grips and gloves, and there's so many different uh, different opportunities for people to try a different way um, to get out there. And I'm too old for the bragging rights and trophies, so I don't I don't need to nail a ball 300 yards. <laughs> okay, have you found um, Have you done any research with uh, ISPS? Is the international um, sports. Pr- International Sports Promotion Society. The handbook. I have not gotten connect with them just yet, but I know of them. Um, right now, I'm working a lot with um, the um, European Disabled Golf Association. Um, there's a world ranking system now for golfers with disabilities, so there's a competitive pathway, um, and and that is definitely on my radar for me to get in contact with them as well. Awesome. I know that um, we did it. They sponsored the Women's Australian Open. And uh, they used to sponsor the Legends Tour events. And Dr. Handa is very much into helping people that have adapted um, needs. And they have the International Blind Association Tournament, which we've played in mm-hmm. in Japan mm-hmm. with some blind golfers, which is an amazing experience. So it might be something you'd want to check out. He might be interested in helping you. I would be more than happy for a warm introduction. I'd be more than happy to, to, to speak with them. Awesome. Ted? Um, so, Jenna, let me ask you, uh, just to back up for a little second here, um, you've sure. also created a Adaptive Golfers uh, nonprofit organization. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that's basically the research and the relationships, all of it evolved into me finding that I have a voice. <laughs> um, my, It's my story, and I'm able to go out and, and speak. I, I speak at different shows, um, at different shows and, and media outlets like yourself with podcasts. I just anything I can do to get someone else to hear the message so that they may think that they can too. Um, 
so we did make it a 501c nonprofit. Um, I did that more to add the validity behind it um, and also to give me that opportunity to go out and, and, and speak all over the place. Um, I've been an ambassador for uh, a, a number of different organizations. I'm on the board of a number of different organizations that are all part of this. So collectively, it, it turned into a business. Um, and for me, that's, you know, it's not a product or a service. It's not a one thing. It's the overall topic is what I'm expressing. So I don't know how you would do that as a for-profit. Um, but right now, you know, it's, 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 we're at that point where the ex- exponential growth that we've experienced, I never expected. Um, so we are definitely in the next phase of this. Um, I'm starting a new program, and, and I know we'll, we were maybe going to get to it already. This new program is really to address young girls that have challenges. It's called Adaptive Golf HERS. We just added an H because if I said women or girls, the girls wouldn't come and then the women wouldn't come. So we just decided that we're going to start this new campaign. Um, I'm having some collaborative efforts with the LPGA to, to help get this kind of going. Um, and, and we do, you know, we, we're out there looking for philanthropic partnerships, um, people that want to get involved in this and help make a difference. And uh, I was that 13-year-old girl. So like I said, if I could have known about golf, I could have, who knows where my, my direction might have been. Right, and that's actually going to be, and you mentioned that a little bit at the show. Uh, I'm referring, of course, to the PGA show that uh, just went on a few weeks back. Um, you talked about this, that it's actually launching in just a few days, correct? Yes, correct. Uh, February the 22nd, uh, we'll be doing a, a virtual launch. Um, we'll be doing it live from the PGA Tour Superstore. Um, again, that's another partner. They have been helping support us with um, giving us uh, opportunities in the evenings to come in and, and have our clinics there. Um, <clears throat> they opened a new store here in New Jersey just last week, um, so we thought it would be fitting to help promote the new store opening along with launching our um, our new campaign from there. And it will be on good. Facebook. If you if you reach out and um, connect with me on, on Facebook, it's Gianna Rojas, um, on Facebook there, or you can Google one-handed lady golfer and I'll come up all over the place. Feel free to connect with me anywhere, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, kind of all over it. So. Perfect. Um, now, Jana, can you spell your last name for us? <laughs> uh, yes, it's R O J A S as in Sam. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, just to go back a, a little bit about the LPGA launch, um, now, they're obviously um, helping you sort of uh, prepare and do this. What, what other roles or what roles are the LPGA in, in general going to be playing here? Well, um, they are going to help with the promotion through their women's network. Um, and also, I will, part of this Adaptive Golf Hers initiative, um, I will be putting together uh, an online training program, which um, teaching professionals can either take by module or they can take the whole course. And this affords them to have those resources at their fingertips. Um, We do do workshops where we travel around and we'll do a two-day workshop. But I think that having this on on top of that um, and having it accessible, that they're able to get to it whenever they need it. For instance, Cindy, maybe if you have a young girl that comes 
like myself to your your clinic, um, there will be uh, a module on um, one-armed golfers. There will be a module on cognitive challenges, and we'll break it down to cerebral palsy and, and ADHD and how to. So we're not teaching you to teach golf. You already know how to do that. We're adding this other layer of these other ways, these other resources, um, and it's stuff that has, it's not new. It's not a new topic. Um, it's just collectively I'm, I'm trying to help pull it all together so that it's palatable for the individuals that have the challenges and also for the industry to understand and open and accept more, um, more people coming to their courses. Gianna, where's you- the courses going to live? Are they going to live on the LPGA website? Um, that has still been, um, it might be a redirect. We're, we're still working on those details. Um, like I said, this is very new into this. We haven't officially launched the campaign, and the program probably will not be ready until this summer, and it's something that I'm taking on myself, um, and, and then they're helping with the promotion of it. And then will be able to, um, they did make me one of their approved education providers. So I'll be able to give Perfect. those ladies the, the credits. Um, same thing with um, the PGA. Um, I've got connections where I'm able to also have MSR credits issued. So these are continuing education opportunities for the teaching professionals. Um, and if you need to have more credits, I mean, you'll take an origami class. Why not an adaptive golf class? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thanks, Ted. Go ahead. Oh, you're very Uh, welcome. Yeah, actually, Cindy asked a a question I was going to ask, but uh, something else I wanted to uh, also mention about the the, um, modules and so forth. You know, obviously, there are literally thousands of of golf professionals. Are you going to be um, looking for any specific criteria? Because obviously, much like in, in traditional golf instruction, not everybody teaches to juniors, not everybody teaches to to corporate and, and so forth. So are you really kind of trying to filter out um, to ensure that, that candidates that really have, um, I guess, some of the, the best, um, I'm not sure how to phrase this, but um, <laughs> skill level in, in that area uh, already or have a interest? Only because the reason I'm saying is this is not something, obviously, I think that you could just sort of blanket across uh, the teaching community because not everybody is necessarily going to uh, maybe ad- adapt specifically. So how how are you going to approach it from that angle? Well, in a way, there everybody will at some point encounter a student that has some sort of, and it's not just physical. It's physical, right. it's cognitive, it's sensory, it's health, it's age-related illness, injuries. Um, I'm about to start a program um, with a, a hospital here in New Jersey, um, and it's it's a stroke a stroke support group. And we have one of our students, his name is Rich, who started with our very first clinic a year, two years ago now. Um, this will be our second year. Um, he started right out of rehab. He was a golfer, and his wife called me, and she said, I'm losing him. He's getting so depressed because he doesn't know. We saw your flyer. He doesn't know. That we, didn't, we didn't know he could get back out there. So right. it's a therapeutic. We can go from therapy, taking people that are, are – new amputees. I mean, can you imagine having an illness or an injury and it takes golf out of your life or you think it does? 
Right. And now how can we help them get back out on the course, even if it's just the, if the ball in the hole don't care if you roll it with your nose, then we don't. We want to make sure that people can, at least on any level, whether it's therapy, leisure game, and now this new competitive pathway. I mean, we, we've got a gentleman who, 25 years old at a party, fell off a three, four balcony and, and has spinal injuries and he'll never walk again. Um, he has got the drive and he wants to get back to golf and he was a good golfer and he's so excited to hear about there's a competitive pathway for this. Um, so the USGA and the RNA and the, and the European Disabled Golf Association and all these other golf associations in this adaptive space we're all trying to filter that information out so that teaching professionals, coaches, physical therapists can all use this as a way to teach from ability out instead of here's the swing plane, here's the stance, and you would have lost me at your first clinic if I showed up at your clinic, Cindy, because the first thing you teach is gripping. Here, one hand goes here and the other hand goes, well, I don't have another hand. So you... you we're hoping that we can share enough information that um, layers on top of the already teaching part of it um, and, and can be adapted, thus adaptive golfers. Yeah, that's a great Agreed. point. Yeah, that's a great point. So I would like ahead. to see and, it in the schools. Yeah, and, and again, maybe it's something that you partner with the First Tee and the LPGA Girls Golf Club as well. Because Working on that as well. Anybody that's, yep. yeah, taught golf long enough, you know, I've had people with one arm and one leg and one hand and um, needless to say, senior golfers and, and the like. So, yes, this is going to help a lot of teaching professionals be able to deliver their message. And I would think their message hopefully it would be in the very beginning. Like whenever you're going to learn to be a golf instructor, it should at least be a, a touch point. Absolutely. And and that's and so something that hasn't included been. included in the new – it's not included in the new LPGA curriculum? I don't think so, not as of yet. I'm hoping that this will be the first step to it. And, and once it well, rolls I, out I here. I find out. I'm yeah. on the executive committee, so I'll find out. I'll send them an email today. Well, they did do, they hired, they had me come uh, into a webinar, a one-hour webinar back in May. Um, and it went out to all the teaching professionals, the LPGA teaching professionals across the globe. Um, so... There's an, there was an opportunity for that little teaser that because you can't do this in an hour. <laughs> um, right, exactly. So that's where I got the idea of breaking it down into each specific characteristic for all the information that has to be. There is a book, and, and anybody out there listening is certainly welcome. You can go to Amazon and get it. Um, it's called Accessible Golf, and it was written by Dr. Dee Dee Owens back she started the whole educational part of it for adaptiveness. She started that and then passed away before the book came to fruition um, in 1999. So what I actually did is, is using that book as, a, as my Bible, um, and it's called Accessible Golf. Um, it's, um, it's written in collaboration with the LPGA and with the National Center of Accessibility, um, as well as the National Alliance of Accessible Golf. So this book exists out there that um, it, it, I'm hoping to bring a, more light to that as well, and maybe an updated version comes from all of this. But I dedicated my Adaptive Golf Hers initiative 
to Dr. Dee Owens in memory of, of what she started and, and in memory of her. Um, and and I, I just am trying to share as much information and much education as I can um, within my 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 little world. <laughs> um, but I want I, I don't want to keep it to myself. I, I need and for me I need to get this out to as many people, industry and individuals. Um, and, and industry picking it up and helping support this initiative because it's going to bring there's fifty seven million disabled golfers. Or, I'm sorry, fifty seven million disabled individuals in this country as of the last census in two thousand ten. Clemson University and the University of Indiana, along with the National Center of Accessibility, did a study. I'm not exactly sure how the research was done or how they came up with this, but they're using numbers that say that 22% of, I'm sorry, 35% of those 57 million would like to play golf, want to learn to, or get back to. Somehow that, that is a big enough number to bring back to the golf industry and say, hey, this is $214 billion worth of discretionable funds that could get put back into the golf industry if we can make the golf courses and the equipment and the resources available, accessible. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a really big picture. Um, and I'm willing to talk and go out and speak about the overall picture of it as opposed to one specific initiative and in a way that I guess it's good that I don't have one. Um, my thing is just really making sure that there's some place that can pull everything all together because there's a lot. Yeah, that's a great, um, that's a great point, Jonna, because I, I know from past times when you've been on the show, you mentioned one of the, um, one of the issues was that there were a lot of different individuals and, and organizations alike that are sort of working on, different components of what you're talking about, but mm-hmm. they were working independently. And one of your missions was sort of to get them, uh, and again, not to take away from each individual group, but to sort of get them to collaborate and work together sort of as a team. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and that way they sort of pool their resources. So I know that was one thing you talked about in the past uh, about doing. And it's happening. And I think, yeah. Right. It, well, I know when, when we met down at the show and, and, um, you know, I joke about this because I had to keep going back to your booth because you were, you were so busy doing things. But uh, oh, ultimately, and I had pneumonia too. <laughs> uh, God bless you. I'll tell you, yeah, you, that's a tough thing to do, and especially when you're not feeling uh, at your best. But but my my point that I was getting at was that there were a lot of different organizations, a lot of different adaptive organizations there. Um, you know, at the, at the PGA show, and I can remember going back a number of years ago. Um, you know, when, when the last time I was at the show, there really wasn't any representation at all. So it's obviously an area that's growing. Uh, and as you said, the numbers uh, are astronomical um, of how many people out there that, that have some sort of uh, an adaptive, uh, uh, you know, concern that, that needs to be addressed. And golf, you've got 35, 57 million people. Uh, you know, by God, I think the golf industry definitely needs to to stand up and and say, hey, there's a, a big community here that we need to embrace and and get them active out there. So, uh, kudos to you and and all the others that are working together collaboratively. Um, how can the folks yeah, get it, involved? It, in... Sorry, go ahead. Okay, go ahead, right ahead. Mm-hmm. 
what I was just going to say was how can they get involved and, and, and help you gain support uh, from the industry? What can, what can the, the folks listening to the show and others in the golfing community, what can we do and, and how can we get involved? Well, um, certainly you can go to uh, adaptivegolfers.org is our, our website. Um, like I said, we've, we've experienced exponential growth. So the, the website is being revamped actually with the help of, of one of the staff members at the PGA, LPGA. Um, and and that was, that's going to be the hub. So definitely you want to take a visit there, um, get on our, our subscription list. Um, there's a, a form that you can fill out on there. Um, we, we are at the point now where we are expanding. So these programs, although they're free to our individuals and our participants, they're not free to us. So we, we do need the support financially so that we're not – right now we're running on limited resources, and it almost limits the, the message because can only do as much as we can do. Um, so having that financial support, the support of – the golf industry, um, the the club makers, um, you know, being able to have those ambassadorships um, so that more people see it. Um, I have uh, a new venture also that I'm working with um, through the European Disabled Golf Association and with Ping. And mm-hmm. Ping, if you go to their website under fitting, they've now got an adaptive fitting bag. Um, Oh, wow. Again, that's something that not a lot of people know about, but um, it, but they've had it for many, many, many years. It's just not something that's marketed. Now they're putting their 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 adaptive part of the fitting right there on their website. You can go there. You'll see profiles of different differently abled golfers, um, mm-hmm. which mine will be up there soon. I just had my my profile done by the European Disabled Golf Association, so that just came out. Um, so those kinds of efforts, now someone on their fitting page is going to go, oh, wow, adaptive, that's curious. And they go look and they see that there's people out there with, you know, less than working with less than what I have even, um, of all different challenges. So having the golf industry start putting this into their marketing efforts, it's one lifestyle picture in between everything else. Don't have to recreate your equipment and re create your marketing, but just start putting it in there. And so other people see it and then that will help spread. Um, so that's another way to be able to help. Um, and then, you know, of course, uh, um, products, um, different resources. We, we get in-kind services for different types of things, much like what I do with the PGA Tour store. You know, they're kind enough to, to donate that space and that time for us. We bring everything in and we bring everything back out um, but they've been working on an initiative to try to get their teaching professionals and their fitters trained for this as well. So it's still grassroots, um, but, but you know, I could use some fertilizer to help the grass grow. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I, I agree. Um, Cindy, any final thoughts or comments or, or questions that you have for Gianna? No, I just want to say thank you so much for what you do and, and you know, for our listeners, please go look up one-handed lady golfer and help her out. She needs some money. <laughs> spread the word a, so everybody and their mother can play golf. Thank you so that's much. Right. Oh, you are definitely yeah. so welcome to both of you. Yeah, and, and again, the website is adaptivegolfers.org. Uh, you definitely want to yep. check it out. And I, 
Uh, I know that uh, there's a lot of great things on there. I've been on the site uh, a number of times uh, as well, so I know I'm very familiar with it. Um, and I know mm-hmm. that you can uh, donate in kind and, and otherwise. So, yeah, dig into your pocketbook books, uh, folks, because uh, it's definitely a worthwhile cause that we need to uh, to get behind and support. Jonna, um, I want to thank yeah, you very any- much for joining Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say also, if anybody um, listening or has contact with anyone, um, you can certainly email me as well. Um, it's Gianna, G-I-A-N-N-A, at AdaptiveGolfers, with an S, dot org. Um, and, and we're putting together philanthropic partnerships for, um, for the upcoming golf season. So certainly if anybody's interested in a little more about that, they can certainly shoot me an email, and, uh, and we'll get on that as well. Perfect. Gianna, thank you very much for joining City and I this morning. We appreciate you coming and sharing uh, not only your story, but uh, the um, journey that you've been traveling on for the last several years. I know you've done a lot of work, and, and it's not always easy, and, and, uh, but you're, you're definitely a fighter and, and uh, someone that I, I think is, is a perfect spokesperson, uh, spokesperson excuse me, for um, this particular cause. So we're going to continue to support you with the show and, and uh, continue you. to help reach out on your behalf. So thank you very much for joining us. God bless. Yes, thank you very much, and everybody have a peachy day. (laughs) Thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, that was our very special guest, Gianna Rojas. Um, I apologize for uh, mispronouncing that earlier. I uh, wasn't sure if the J was uh, as it stood. Um, All right, so we're going to move on. Cindy, this was something that you and I did. Uh, We won't spend a lot of time uh, here because I know you've got to – get back to your your boot camp but i thought this would be kind of interesting that we would uh, start having a no bs zone here on uh, the women of golf and i thought uh, as mentioned earlier in lieu of your your junior uh, boot camp that you're doing right now that we would talk about some of the do's and don'ts that parents need to know Um, i thought this is something and i know we've touched on some of these before but uh, i'm just going to you know, uh, read out uh, a couple here, and then, you know, we can talk a little bit about it. And I think the first one is, Cindy, and I think you would agree, uh, as parents, you have to encourage your child. Um, And, you know, things like, hey, you know, you were great today. Um, You know, a lot of parents uh, that want to go to uh, different junior programs and they watch their, their students working with the instructors, um, you know, that's what the, the kids are doing. It They're looking for affirmation. Um, and, you know, something else too, Cindy, is, is to continue to reinforce positives. Um, you know, things like, and I'm just using this as an example, you know, your short game was, was really looking good. Um, you know, things like that kids long to hear from their parents. Um, would you agree with that, Cindy? And, and what are your thoughts? I would definitely agree with that. And I think um, I, we're, at camp each morning we, when everyone comes to breakfast, the first question we ask them is, what did you do well yesterday? And what we find is the first thing they say is what they didn't do well. And I said, well, that's not what we asked you. We, right. we want you to, you know, stop and reflect about what did you do well yesterday? And I don't think that people are, I, again, I believe that you have to be grateful for what you've got. And I want to kill parents that are always, um, what's the word, criticizing, you know, their children for not doing perfect things. 
And it's like, you know, it takes a long time to get good at anything. So, yes, I absolutely agree with you. You know, and that leads into the next point is, um, you know, you're obviously doing it at the boot camps, but parents need to do this. You need to ask your child for feedback and more importantly, listen to what they're saying about their golf experience. You know, if maybe you're not somebody that's um, able to, to be there and be involved in some way uh, in the journey, um, you know, it's not just about, well, how did it go today? You know, listen to them, listen to their feedback. You know, if they're, if they're not happy for some reason, find out why. You don't have to browbeat them to get an answer out of them, but, you know, listen to it. And if they're not enjoying it, you know, you may need to rethink. Um, you know, I think, Cindy, you would, you would agree with this. I mean, obviously we want them to, to push on at times, but sometimes if they're not enjoying it, maybe it's not for them. And, you know, we can't be, um, you know, pushing and prodding them from, from behind um, if it's not something that it's a pleasurable experience. So I think, you know, I think you would agree that feedback from the child is critical. It it really is. And again, this game isn't for everybody. So you have to be very aware. And, and we mentioned that today. I said, I don't know what level you want to get to. If you just, you know, want to shoot between 85 and 100, it's not that hard. But if you want to shoot between 80 and 85, it's a little more difficult and you have to put in more effort. You want to shoot between 75 and 80, you know, needless to say, you're going to have to work harder. So, you know, we've told these kids over and over, I don't care what level you want to get to. You know, I love you any any which way you are, but just know that each level requires more work. And so if this is not for you, it's okay. And, and you know what's funny? You say that because we had two young girls last year who came to boot camp in April. They couldn't come in February. So they came with some adults. And uh, at, at the end, I said, you're going to find out whether you really like this and you want to continue or you don't like this and you don't want to compete. And they both decided we don't want to compete. We want to play on our high school golf team. And that's about it, because we can't stand playing golf. Kids whose parents are so competitive, and it's, you know, what'd you shoot, and people that are cheating. And it's just, it's so bad now, very few people really count their score right. And I think part of it is because these parents are on their case so much about being, you know, so good. They put so much pressure on them. It's terrible. So, well, that's my opinion. Th- there's a, you know, and I say this liberally, but there is an F word in the golf industry, um, particularly in the junior camps, um, that seems to be lacking. And I think this goes to the point you just made, and that is the word fun. Um, it's become so highly competitive, uh, and you're right. Parents are just putting so much pressure on these youngsters to get out there and compete for scholarships, to compete for opportunities to, you know, to, to be the next, you know, uh, top uh, Symmetra player or LPGA or PGA or what have you, um, that the child is just not enjoying it. They're not having fun. And, you know, I'm not surprised. And again, this is no, obviously, criticism to you because, you know, you and Alan do a fantastic job. Um, but I'm not surprised that the two, uh, you know, uh, kids didn't come back because, they're looking at not the experience they're having with you, but they're looking at the realities of challenging out there 
uh, with the competitors. They want to go out and have fun, and yeah, I'm sure they want some competition. Who doesn't? But when it's so over the top and there's such demand for being number one, um, there comes a point you just don't enjoy it anymore. And, uh, you know, and I think that's, uh, that's a deterrent. So I think that the industry really needs to take a hard look at that. That's another area I think the, the golf industry really needs to say, okay, look, if we're going to run these successful programs, we need to reevaluate what is the agenda and what is the purpose of these programs. Um, the last point under the due section, and again, let me just uh, preface uh, this discussion in the new no BS zone today, and that these are do's and don'ts that parents need to know. So this is not from the child's perspective. This is what we want the parents to do. So the last one is, um, and obviously we want the kids to listen to the coaches and the instructors too, but we want the parents to take cues uh, from the coaches during session. So if you're, if you're there in attendance, you know, zip it, you know, tie it up, put a padlock on your mouth and throw the key away until after the session, but listen to what the instructors and coaches are saying and reaffirm those positive, uh, you know, that positive feedback and don't be hypercritical. Cindy, that's a big issue I know for you working with junior kids and, and so forth and junior players is that the parents want to get over involved and they sometimes get into conflict with you guys, correct? Well, I wouldn't say it's conflict, but it's like, um, here's the bottom line. The ball goes where the ball goes because of the club face. And the only thing that touches the club is your hands. And the only one that's swinging the club is you. So if you don't use where the ball goes to give you feedback on what you just did, and you're not able to detect and discern what you did that caused the ball to do that, then we need to back it off and help you learn that. Because, Alan and I can tell you what you just did that made the ball do that. Now we have to give you cues and swing thought keys that will mm-hmm. help you change that movement, right? So right. the game of golf, there are so many different voices that of people who try to be the teacher or the coach who aren't qualified yep. to do so. So mm-hmm. that's what drives me crazy when you've got a parent that's saying, keep your head down and it's got nothing to do with their head, now there's conflicting cues, and the kid's so confused he doesn't know what he's doing. Or it could be an adult as well. So the catch is I would, I would tell the parents to investigate and seek out an instructor and even interview them. Go watch them give a golf lesson and find mm-hmm. the right person for your child. Have them go to it. Like we do an intro lesson, and I say to you, you know, you don't like what I do or say, don't come back. You know, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I want the people that are the right fit that believe what I'm telling them and that trust me and know that I have your best interest at heart. And, and knowing that it's okay when you mess up, this is the hardest game in the world. And, and Mm. one of the other things that I said, I got to say this, just, I'm sure we're almost done, but I said to these kids today, no matter what you shoot, or how good you play today or tomorrow or the next day or next year, you need to pat yourself on the back for working at something that's really difficult while your friends are home playing with their phones. I mean, you're striving to get better at something and working on something. And I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't play a team sport. Of course you should play a team sport. 
But the fact is that you're becoming more accountable and responsible for your own life by learning how to play golf. That's just my mm-hmm. personal opinion. No, I, I think that's uh, some great uh, words of advice. And, and here's some don'ts. Uh, we'll go over them fairly quickly because we are getting close uh, to time, but um, that parents, uh, again, need to know. And that is don't focus on the struggles and challenges that your child is having. Help them work through them. And this is, again, where you can work closely with the instructor if, if there's specific um, you know, lesson cues or tips or drills that they've been given, help them work through it. You know, obviously you're going to have time in between sessions. You know, let your kid go to the range. Don't sit there and, and be counterproductive, but just reinforce the positives. You know, let them know that when they're doing something good. And if they're not doing something good, you don't necessarily have to tell them. You can maybe make note of it and, and bring it to the instructor's attention next time they're coming for that session. Say, hey, some things I noticed when, you know, little Johnny was at the range. Um, that may, may help. There are some areas that they're struggling with. I mean, that, that's okay, but don't get into, you know, well, you need to do this, as you said, you know, keep your head down and do that because it, a lot of times it may conflict with what the, the instructor or coach is trying to do. And that goes to, to the last point on the don'ts. Uh, I, I sort of started in, in reverse, and that is trust in the coach's experience um, to guide your child down the right path. In other words, don't be a know-it-all. Don't come out there thinking you know everything, maybe because you've played golf for, for several years. You're not a qualified instructor um, and, and that's why you've gone to somebody like Cindy or Alan or, or, or others out in the industry. So as you said, Cindy, earlier, you know, you want to get out there and you want to interview and you want to talk to these people and make sure that it is a good fit. The other thing uh, as well, <clears throat> Cindy, and, and, you know, you may not personally have experienced this, but um, this is another don't that parents fall into this trap is they get so competitive, as you suggest, and they start expressing anger or disapp- uh, disappointment. And this really fuels the flames, if you will, of discontent. Uh, I know you've uh, mentioned this before. You've seen situations, maybe not personally, but you've seen uh, that. Talk a little bit about that, because that is important. Well, as a matter of fact, I did see it personally, and we were at the Orange County Junior Camp two years ago, and there was a young family with a young girl, probably 12, a little brother who was probably 10 and a baby that was probably two or three and a mom and dad and they were Asian and the dad was yelling at the daughter on the practice putting green while all kinds of people were around and the the dad went over to the daughter like he was going to hit her and she ran and he chased her and he did not catch her and it was getting dark out and So I was watching this because I had heard nightmare stories about some parents on the tour beating their daughters for playing bad. And so I thought, is this really true? You know, and so this dad was chasing her. He got the rest of the family. They got in their minivan and he was driving through the parking lot trying to catch his daughter. Wow. And she started to scream. So I ran out there. And the, there was one young girl, one of our students, with me, and I said, call your father, because her father's a criminal lawyer, right. and ask him if I should call the police. And so I mm. saw the little girl, and she was crying, and I said, honey, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's gasping for air. She's crying. And I said, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. So the father stopped the van, opened up the side sliding door of the minivan. She got in the car, and he sped off. Well, I took a picture of the license plate, and I called the police. And, and they were there again the next day, and the cops said, well, do you want us to come to the club? And I said, well, no, they left. But 
you need to find this car because I don't know what this father's going to do to this kid, you know? Yeah. And and they were back at the golf course the next day, and the general manager, because I told him, he goes, oh, this happens all the time. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, it's just disgusting. Yeah, it it is. And, and, and you know, it, it goes back to what I said earlier, you know, the, that with that F word, you know, fun has really come out of for a lot of these juniors. Uh, you know, you see it all the time. Um, you know, I see through social media some of these juniors that are involved. You can just post some of the comments that they put on where their focus is. And it's not, you know, it's not about having a good time and enjoying the experience. I've got to work on this. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And it's it's just so hyper, uh, their mentality and things. And this goes to really, you kind of cute it up nicely, sort of the last don't, if you will, uh, and, and I'm a firm believer that you may or may not agree with this, but I, I believe from a parent's perspective, if you need to, if, if there's something you're not in agreement with or you don't understand or you communicate with your child's coach about the concerns or issues you may have, but not in front of your child. Um, because, you know, Absolutely. again, they are like sponges. They see what goes on. And, you know, even if you're not happy and I don't, I don't, you know, agree to profess this, but if you're not happy with the coach or instructor and there's, uh, you know, potentially a heated argument that may arise, hopefully it won't happen. But I, as you just pointed out, it can happen uh, and, and worse. Um, you know, you have that communication with the coach or instructor uh, with them, but you don't do it in front of your child. You do it and, and, and obviously depending on the outcome or what uh, is resolved, either you continue the journey with that coach or you find somebody new. But you don't do that. You don't engage uh, you know, and I hate to use a Dr. Phil analogy here, but you don't bring children into adult issues, and that is an adult issue, even if it's about the child. Um, so that's a big issue as well, I would agree uh, with, uh, don't you, Cindy? Totally agree. Totally agree. So very quickly, uh, as we close up the no BS zone, uh, zone, boy, I'll tell you my tongue's tied today, um, junior golf, the do's and don'ts parents need to know. Do's encourage your child. Get out there and, and, and be supportive. Continue to reinforce those positives. Always ask your child for feedback, uh, but most importantly, listen to what they have to say. And also listen to the instructor or coach. As Cindy pointed out, get out there and interview uh, who you're going to be leaving your child with uh, for the next hour or so or, or what have you. Uh, make sure that they're in tune with uh, your child's needs. Uh, and some of the don'ts, don't focus on their failures or struggles out there. Help them work through that. Uh, and again, never express anger or disappointment because it only uh, not only hurts the child, but it hurts your relationship as well, and it's not necessary. There's other more effective ways of communicating uh, you know, uh, to your child without having to, to raise your voice or uh, express uh, disappointment. Um, and communicate with the coach or instructor that you may have. And uh, again, don't do that in front of the child. Uh, do that in, in a, a private session or over the phone uh, where your child is not within earshot. And trust your coach or, or instructor uh, that you've set up with your child uh, to help find the right path. Work together, have communications, of course, um, but as I said, put the old padlock on and let them do their job um, because you'll find that these people are very, very well trained. You're not going to have to tell them what to do. They will know what to do. And again, if, if it's not syncing with, with your agenda, then obviously you have the right to, to move on, but uh, don't interfere in the process. So those are some of the do's and don'ts. I know there's a thousand others that we could throw in there, but this is just to give uh, people a, a general idea. So parents, if you're listening out there and you've got a child that's in junior golf uh, or thinking about getting in, 
remember some of these key points that we talked about today in an OPS zone. So, Cindy, get out there and work your magic, you and Alan, uh, down at Orange County. And uh, any final thoughts or words that you want to say before we, we close off? Nope, you've covered it all. Thank you. <laughs> well, welcome and thank you for joining us uh, in the <laughs> OBS zone. Um, and again, thanks to our special guest, uh, Gianna Rojas, founder of Adaptive Golfers. And uh, we look forward to you joining Cindy and I next week right here on the Women of Golf. God bless, Cindy. Have a great one. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and, of course, Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.